I am the music guy, CJ Plain. This is the Noise Report. And this is another great episode we're going to have here. Um, you can't see him, but over here on my left on Zoom uh, is a gentleman who I, uh, I admire a great deal. And um, I respect a great deal. <laughs> I met very randomly. Um, one of those meetings where, you know, sometimes you're just kind of in a place, I guess, where you're supposed to be and you meet people you're supposed to meet. And, uh, this was one of those very random meetings where I was outside doing absolutely nothing, but I think I was supposed to be outside doing absolutely nothing because, uh, him and his, um, I guess companion, is, is that what they call yeah, companion, companion yeah. uh, yeah, were... Walking down the street, knocking on doors uh, in an area that they normally would have never been walking down the street and knocking on doors. So, because um, yeah. at the time I was living in a trailer park about six miles out of the city. So, <laughs> um, this is um, Elder Den Hauter. Um, if he wants to use his first name, he can, but I'm going to refer to him. Um, I think in the proper respectful way. Um, so uh, to me, he will always be Elder Den Hauter. So uh, how are you today, man? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, man. I I wanted to have you on here, man, because this, like I said, this one is a lot more fun and it's more about the music and the movies and theater and just kind of goofy off the wall stuff. So um, I know we had yeah. a lot of very cool conversations uh, over the months about stuff sure. outside of For sure. that. So I definitely wanted to bring you in. Um, but I guess we'll start with the the, the basic stuff. Um, Elder Denhauter, okay. uh, we met. Um, he was a Mormon missionary, or I won't, I, I, let me rephrase that. <laughs> he was a missionary for the Church <laughs> of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Um, I, I'm right. still so used to using the term Mormon that um, I, but Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day yeah, Saints. I, I still use it occasionally too. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was outside one day standing by the porch, just tinkering, uh, wearing a Pink Floyd t-shirt and they come walking down the street. Um, kind of caught me totally off guard because I would have never thought that I would have seen <laughs> the missionaries out where we lived, but, um, there they were. And they, we struck up a conversation and, uh kind of brought me back, I guess, to the church that I had uh, been away from for quite a few years. So um, it wasn't that I didn't believe anymore or any of that. It just, I'd kind of not really been involved. So uh, and nobody had pressed me on it. So uh, this guy did. <laughs> um, so thank you for, for that, man, because... Uh, it's definitely Absolutely. been a blessing. Absolutely. So, um, I guess give a little background on, on yourself, you know, what you've been up to. Um, sure, yeah. Um, so, I, uh, I I grew up here in Utah, where a, a lot of LDF members are from. Um, but uh, I, I grew up in southern Utah, um, which is, you know, got a lot of red rock. Um, it's uh, a little bit closer to Arizona. Um, I, uh, I'm uh, a theater major, uh, classical act, BFA. 
um, at Southern Utah University. Um, uh, acting and performing is something I've done um, my whole life. And, uh, you know, that's include, you know, performing musically. I'm a drummer. Um, I, uh, I, I've also been extremely interested. Um, there, I, right now I'm a film minor too. Uh, I, I'm, I'm transitioning into becoming a major, um, film and theater just cause I, the, the program I'm at is finally getting a, a film, a film major. So I'm excited for nice. that. Um, but yeah, that's what I'm doing right now. I'm, I'm, uh, married. Uh, I've been married for a year now. Um, and that's been super awesome. Um, uh, not much going on other than that, just working on my degree and everything. Yeah. Give a little background what it's like being a missionary. Because I think there's a real misconception. You know, you yeah. you, 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 you know, you hear the stories of the, the crazy door knockers or whatever. And I, I think yeah. there's a real misconception of that and i think it does you guys a real disservice because people don't realize what you sacrifice and what you go through to really dedicate yourself uh to the i think it's what, two yeah. years you're out there right yeah it's 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 a really interesting process um and it does vary from place to place you know uh uh being a missionary in the States is, is very different than being a missionary, um, you know, uh, somewhere in South America right. uh, or Europe. Um, but, uh, but I think, uh, it's, it's a cool process. So, so we, we dedicate two years of our life in, in our, uh, you know, late, late teens and early twenties, typically, you know, 18, 19, 20. Um, I went out when I was nine, uh, about, um, and from, you know, my my nineteenth and twentieth year of life, I, I I was in Michigan, um, but uh, yeah, we were under you know the immersive uh, experience, and and we we leave a lot behind. Um, so yeah. I at the time, you know, I wasn't able to to just listen to music I wanted. So um, you know any chance to talk about is really interested in which right is uh, uh really where the conversation started yeah um but uh 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 and yeah you, you have a schedule every day you wake up you plan um a lot of it is you know seeking out people to teach um right. and and people have you know there are different approaches to that um at some level you know there's there's a lot of freedom that they give us and how we decide to to seek people out mm -hmm. um and that's the thing about uh missions is is even though uh there's there's scheduled rules it's kind of up to the individual to follow them um it's not like you're anybody's really uh monitoring you or 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 um you know making sure you even do um and nobody's telling you how to do it, you know, and uh, and so, you know, you you go through at least three weeks of training, unless you're learning a new language, uh, right. then you'll have more training. But I, I only went through three weeks training in the MTC, um, where they they make sure you know like the details of everything you're going to be teaching, how to teach, you know, uh, 
you know, ways to, that, that you can, other than teaching, you know, things you can do, uh, and, uh, and, and, and you, you know, the opportunity to form a relationship with, uh, God and with, with the, the stuff you're teaching, you know, that's a really valuable part because, yeah. Um, just like any religion, a lot of people grow up in it and, and, uh, you know, as a kid, religion isn't always the most interesting. Um, and so there's a lot of people that kind of come to their own understanding of life and God through their, and, um, that's a really cool thing. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I grew up a Baptist and Baptists do what Baptists do. And then. I was here in Jackson and I was in my apartment one day, much like with you guys, I was at the stereo on, I was listening to music and I think the elders either heard it from the street or, uh, knocked on the apartment downstairs or something, but they ended up upstairs and they knocked on the door and, um, on a normal day, I wouldn't even have bothered to open the door. Uh, but that particular day, I just was like, oh, let me see who it is. And I opened the door and there they were. And, I was kind of like, oh, um, at first I thought they were Jehovah's Witnesses. Um, and I was kind of right, like, right. yeah, I'm like, look, no offense, guys, but, um, you know, um, I said I was in a foster home with a bunch of you crazy Jehovah people and not really. <laughs> and he's like, and they were like, well, we're not Jehovah's Witnesses. We're, you know, we're missionaries of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And I was like. Oh, okay. Um, I said, is that different than Jehovah's Witnesses? And that led to the conversation. And, um, you know, when I, I discovered that it is different and, um, <laughs> I was like, okay, cool. Uh, long as you're not like crazy Kenny, you know, from the foster home. And, um, <laughs> cause, uh, dude, him and I used to just back and forth, like, everything I said offended him. Everything I said was wrong. And, and you know, and it, oh, that's not what my Bible says. That's not what my, dude, I don't care what your Bible says. Like, you know, like I had my ear pierced and I, I'd wear a cross earring, you know, and he was offended by that because that yeah. was a symbol of his brother dying on the cross. And I was like, your brother. And he was like, yes, Jesus is, we're all the son of God. So Jesus is my brother. And I was like, okay, well, Maybe in the literal sense of the term, but the way you're saying it, bro, you make yourself sound way more important than you really are in the grand scheme of things. You know, like, yeah, yeah. like you're acting yeah. like you personally yeah, sure. knew Jesus and you're offended that somebody killed your brother on the cross. Okay. Like, come on, bro. Like you're, yeah, you know, right, like you're right. putting yourself way up here when you're, you know, in... We yeah, would go back and yeah. forth over it in just everything, dude. And um, it got to a point I didn't even want to be in a room with them because it was just constant headache and noise right, yeah. arguing over it. So um, let's get into some of this fun stuff. Right, yeah. Um, okay. Top five favorite movies. I made a list and we'll go over your list. Okay. Um, so give us some of awesome. your top five favorite movies that you love and admire and uh, that have inspired you, I guess, to do what you do, because, I mean, I can't think of a, a reason you'd be going into film and all that otherwise, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I, I, uh, I really like uh, the movie 
so I would say probably my favorite movie right now is, is a film uh, called Magnolia. Uh, it's a Paul Thomas Anderson from the nineties. Uh, it's got, it, it's, it's like my, one of the Tom Cruise performances that I really appreciate and like, you know, um, I don't have a problem with any of his others, but I, I, I think that right. one particularly is um, pretty deep. Um, also uh, Fargo um, by the Coen brothers. Uh, yeah. I think that's a great, I, I love dark comedies. I love yeah. um, their style of, of writing um, the way they write a story. And I love Francis McDormand. Um, also uh, city of God is another one um, that, that I really like, I really like the style and cinematography that it's filmed in. Yeah. I like a ton of elements of, you know, how, how it came out. Um, uh, a, a film that is, is more recent, not super recent, I guess in the last 10 years um, that I've really liked uh, is called seven psychopaths. It's, it's by Martin McDonough. I don't know if you've ever heard of that one. It's, yep. it's a, it's like a action comedy um, that, that I, I really like. Um, and then let me see for my fifth. This one was hard to, to figure out. Um, I really, I really like uh, John Carpenter's The Thing a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I, just, I think I might go with that one. Yeah, um, my five that I chose are—I I don't really—I guess I wouldn't call them standard, but for my own personal reasons, um, my favorite movie of all time is Iron Eagle. I love the Iron Eagle films. Um, it's just you know, come out when I was a teenager, uh, the classic story of the son saving his dad, the dad being a, a fighter pilot who gets shot down over, I guess, what is supposed to be the Middle East or whatever. And of course the son is a, a J-O-R-T-C kid and him and his friends get together and essentially uh, con the Air Force and steal a fighter jet um, under the direction of Lou Gossett Jr. Um, there's just always been something about the film that I loved. I mean, it's far-fetched. You know, it would could never happen in real life, I'm sure, but it's just one of them feel-good stories of what, I guess, a kid would do uh, to save their parents or vice versa. Um, that's my top one um my second one uh, is a movie that i think a lot of people have probably seen um it's the movie what's eating gilbert grape um oh great one that is a great one yeah. yeah this is no matter how many times i see it oh say hi want to say hi um, no matter how many times I see it, um, hi, uh, hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> she's good. Good. It's nice to see you. Yeah, you too. As I say, she's, she's headed to work, so 
I love you, baby. I'll see you later. Oh, nice, nice. Um, yeah, so what's eating Gilbert Grape? No matter how many times I see it, the ending just absolutely crushes me. Um, Leonardo yeah. DiCaprio, I think as an actor, it's absolutely one of his greatest roles because... Yeah, I would agree. Truthfully, when I first seen that movie, I didn't realize he was this, the kid from Growing Pains. And right. I thought that they had literally found like a, a handicapped actor yeah. <laughs> to play that role. I mean, he was yeah. so convincing. I grew up with an aunt who worked with kids like him. So my brain didn't even register that this was not a, a real life kid with these problems, you know? Um, right, yeah. so that's, that's my second one. Um, War-wise, I got to go with Full Metal Jacket because, I mean, come on, it's the greatest, you know, it's the greatest 25 minutes of an opening for any movie ever, Um, you know. Sure, it's pretty, yeah. Yeah, I mean, of course, yes, the vulgarity is very high, but it's about the Marines during, uh, so, I mean, hey, you're getting the Marine drill sergeant and, um, you know, Arlie Emery. The funny story with that is, is he wasn't supposed to play that role. He actually was hired originally uh, to play the role as the helicopter gunman um, that you see going crazy. And, right, yeah, okay. And um, the original actor couldn't get the role right. And Arlie Emery was a actual former Marine drill sergeant. And huh. was so... Right, right, I remember that frustrated with this guy not being able to get the role right that he started throwing fruit at him while he was doing his lines. So he jumped up out of the chair, kicked the chair over and said, this is how you do it. And he just went into the role and he was so convincing in it that the director just basically said, um, you know, here you go. Um, and the director of course, obviously is, um, Oh, I can't even think of his name now. Stan Kubrick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Stanley Kubrick, that's it. <laughs> um, so, um, number four, Once We're Warriors. A lot of people probably haven't seen this movie. Um, it's out of New Zealand. Uh, it's about a family of Maori people. Um, father is a raging alcoholic, abusive wife beater. Uh, wife is just trying to keep her kids together. Um, a lot of stuff happens. Um if you've seen the Clone War movies, the guy who played Boba Fett is the one who plays the father. Um, uh, I, I think it's Lee Morrison, I think it's, it was his name. Um, brilliant movie, though. I mean, the the same kind of factor that will draw you to What's Eating Gilbert Grape is in Once We're Warriors, only on a much more violent, I guess, thing because of the the life that they're forced into. Um, and the last one um, is a martial arts flick, The Raid 2. Uh, huge fan of Iko Uas. And um, The Raid, no matter how many times I watch it, I am blown away by the utter chaos and violent factor of that movie. Like, it just... Your brain can't wrap around just how violent a martial art flick can be without being a horror movie. But this is 
The Raid 2 is every bit as violent as any horror movie you've ever seen without being a horror movie. I mean, it's just... It's mind-blowing, dude. It's just... Um, it's 90 minutes of absolute, utter carnage from beginning to end. You know? Um, how they filmed that movie and somebody was not killed... It's beyond me. Scenes in that movie. Yeah, the the raid was crazy. When I seen the raid, I was like, okay, this is just so over the top. And then they said we're gonna do the raid two, and I was like, man, how are you gonna top the raid? And then they did the raid two, and I was just like, there's no way you could possibly top this. And now the dude's talking about, well, you know, we've spent the last three years working on, we're gonna do the raid three, and I was like, oh, dude, there's no possible way you could make something more violent than that. But um, I guess they're gonna try. So. Um, moving along, yeah. those are the top five movies, and uh, I'm gonna try to keep this on track because the last two times that I said, uh, somebody like I sat down with friends that we were gonna do this, I said, Yeah, we're gonna do 60 minutes, and it ended up going two and a half hours, but um, we're gonna keep this one on track, so oh gosh, um, <laughs> all righty, all righty, five current artists that you love, admire. Um, that you think people should know about. Um, and, I mean, they don't have to be a new act. Just five people that you're currently in love with musically. Right, right, right. Am I going first? Um, I'll go first real quick on this one. Um, number one okay. is Youngblood. I, <laughs> I love Youngblood. I like everything about him. His energy, his... Um, if there is anyone musically out right now that is just built to be a rock star, um, it's Youngblood. The kid is just pure energy. Um, number two is the rapper Locksmith. Um, lyrically, probably the absolute best in hip-hop right now. Uh, the things he says are just so crazy that um they're political but they're smart and it, he um one of his newer songs he did it was called trump versus biden and a lot of people assumed because he's palestinian and black that he's going to be a very liberal tent but he ended up being this almost comical role of why they're both bad you know and he pointed out the negatives of both very fairly um, and, but he did it in a way that was very funny in a way, um, you know, almost like a, yeah, yeah, yeah. um, uh, crank anchors type of way. Um, and, uh, you yeah, end up, yeah. your mind is like, holy crap, the stuff he's saying is so brilliant. But at the same time, you're laughing because the way he's saying it is really funny. Um, so that's number two. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, number three, Devin Townsend. Uh, I know Devin isn't for everyone. He's pretty heavy in a lot of places. Um, but the stuff that Devin puts together with the theatrical side of it and just the overall grandosity of what he writes now um, is so utterly crazy. Um, number four uh, is, is a band of a friend, uh, Chris Hathcock and, and Cliff and them guys. Uh, they're from North Carolina. They're called The Reticent. Um they just put their new record out. It's called the um, Ubelet. And the Ubelet, I'm sorry, Ubelet 
and Ubilet is a concept record about Alzheimer's disease. And uh, it's got seven songs, and it's basically the seven stages of Alzheimer's. And um, Chris is a music teacher, and the way that they wrote this record is so deep and so touching. And um, Heather's grandma just passed a few days ago from Alzheimer's. So this record is especially poignant <laughs> right now. Um, having watched my wife t having to deal with the exact thing they talk about here. Um, and the last one is a, uh, is a newer Swedish band. Uh, they're called Leadfoot, L-E-D Foot. Um, they have a brand new record called Black Valley. And um, uh, it's bluesy and haunting and and, and uh, just everything that you could want in a record. I mean, it's atmospheric, it's dark, it's just a crazy mix of sounds. But if you're into the more folky rock uh, with a heavier edge to it, then you will love Leadfoot. Um, I guess um, if you mixed, I guess, the White Stripes and Greta Van Fleet would maybe be the best way. To describe them but with a very very bluesy singer um so uh, but they're a great band they're a three-piece band and uh they just jam <laughs> that's all they do man it's their their records are very natural sounding so uh, those are my five <laughs> nice nice that's awesome yeah i i i i got them all on spotify now so make sure to check those out um nice I, okay, so I so uh, for me right now, um, I I am really in in rap right now. I think the artist that I'm most captivated, and and somebody who's been around for a super long time, but but stayed pretty underground, um, relatively, you know, uh, mm -hmm. not not really well known and. Um, mainstream rap uh but aesop rock yes. is is definitely like he, he's he's like my favorite lyricist right now for sure um aesop is uh he's yeah. he's commonly yeah yeah i, I know yeah, i know I, sure. i'm just i'm just agreeing like I, I i yeah 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 no for sure uh he's he's commonly um uh, people mix him up with ASAP Rocky, who is is in a very different lane yeah. than rap. You know, they, they're very different. Yeah. Um, but ASAP Rock was well before his his yeah. first albums came out, like year of two thousand. Like it, yeah, he's been around for a long time. But um, his his recent projects have particularly been something that has spoken to me. Um, uh, and yeah. I, I really enjoyed his collaboration with uh the the producer Tobacco. Yeah. Um, from Black Moth, Super Rainbow, I, they, which is a really weird collab yeah. that I didn't think I'd like, but I ended up really liking. And you know, funny um, thing, and, I almost uh, wrote that down on my list. I almost wrote that right, one no down. Way. Yeah, the Super Rainbow one. Because I really, really, really love that record. Yeah, yeah. So, that's why when you said it, I was yeah, like, yeah, for uh, sure. Because yeah, sure, um, ASAP and Sage Francis both are... Our lyricists, again, who a lot of people don't know him, but if you know, you know. 
And lyrically, man, they're so far out of the box. So the, the rhyme schemes that they have that would never be mainstream, they'll never be played on the radio. But man, they will make you think in ways that you didn't even know your brain could think. You know, like, like they will both make you realize that your brain has muscles that you didn't realize it had. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I, I'm 100% behind that one. <laughs> That's good, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I it's, it's, he, it's also been like one of the first artists that I've, like, me and my dad really bond over <clears throat> that I was able to show my dad. My dad's not the biggest rap fan, but, nice. but he's, he's, uh, uh, he appreciates lyricists, you know, yeah. and poetry. So, so if, um, not to be funny, yeah, but uh, if you like ASAP, yeah, dude, you're gonna love Locksmith. Yeah, it's very much the same, same I, style. I'll, I'm definitely gonna be checking him out. Yeah, yeah, I'll probably be listening to him uh, throughout uh, my work shift today because yeah. I, I can, I can do that at my work. I can yeah. listen to music. It's nice, nice perk. But um, nice. Uh, yeah, I, uh, then, then in, as far as, uh, you know, rock and, and, and the punk rock scene right now, I, I there's a lot of really cool, um, post post punk bands in, mm-hmm. in, in like UK right now and in Europe. Um, I think, uh, my favorite, it's, it's hard to pick because most of them, some of them haven't even released their first album yet. They've just been releasing EPs. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, I, uh, some someone who's a little bit further down the line ha- has three full-length al- albums out is, is the band Idols, who are I, I I think what I appreciate most about Idols is just how how uh, raw and and energetic and angry yeah. they are about things that you know aren't really in a lot of hardcore punk music like uh, right. like you know commentary on masculinity and and um, and. I, I, I think that that their whole existence or performance, it's not for everyone. It's not something that you right. know, everyone would enjoy, but I think I, I'm really, I really appreciate that they exist. Right. You know? And I've connected, I've connected to their music a lot. I, I think um, Joe Talbot, their, their singer is a super fascinating person. Um, but uh, yeah, really, really like, really like them. Um, another, uh, another, uh, singer in in you know, European singer that I really like is uh, Richard Dawson. Um, okay. Who does I he yeah I I I I especially like his most recent album his 2019 release. Um, the album's called 2020, but it was released in 2019. Um, but it's just a really weird like I've never heard. Uh, kind of like um i don't even know like kind of like like old old folk mixed with like this experimental uh rock like there's there's a lot of metal sounds that comes through i i i truly don't know how to categorize it because it's right. not like anything i've ever i've ever heard um but uh it's it's something that has really inspired me artistically and and uh it's an album i really like to an, an album that I really I can't just listen to one song from. I, I have to listen to the whole thing, you know. Like right. I, I play one song and I'm like, ah, I just gotta listen to all of it, you know. Um, uh, and so that's that's a group that I I am following pretty closely. 
Um, I, I really like uh, David Diggs' uh, experimental rap trio clipping. I think they're doing some really cool stuff uh, with with production, and uh, they had a double LP in the last uh, uh, couple years uh, that's completely horror movie themed, um, and uh, I think it's a really cool. I, I think it's really just a really cool uh, a project. I think you know David has, is is a super technically skilled rapper, and and his flow is is. Is uh, I feel like it's 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 like Andre three thousands, but more even more dictated and specific, and I and I really appreciate that. Um, and uh, and it's interesting because a lot of people know him from you know his role in Hamilton, but but not a lot of people know him from from his group. Um, but uh, and for my fifth, for my fifth. Uh, I'll probably, and this is tough. Um, I'll probably say I, uh, in, so there's, there's a, a, another rap group called injury reserve, uh, who's one, one of the front frontmen actually recently passed away. He was shot, um, but uh, they they came with some solid records before that happened that that I've really enjoyed and, and appreciated lately. Um, they're you know music that I <laughs> I uh, they they have a good mix of com like you know comedy but like uh, talking about like some some you know real stuff and right. and uh, it's you no. Know, it's I, I think they're you know it's 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 two African American guys and then the producer is just this you know scrawny redheaded guy who who really manages to come up with some some interesting sounds uh, for for hip hop specifically and uses a lot of just like uh, uh, horns and strings and I, I really appreciate that in hip hop I, I I can really get sick of you know that. Uh, too much 808s and 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 too much synths. You know, I yeah. like when I hear some some raw instruments, and and I and I appreciate that. But yeah, anyway. Yeah. No, I I agree. Like I love. Obviously, I love all kind of music. I, it, the people who know me know that. You know, anything from Pink Floyd to, you know, Metallica and Slayer to the, to the hip hop and to the reggae, and um, I'm all over the place. <laughs> um, but I I love artists who think outside of the box, who do their own kind of crazy thing. And that's what draws me, uh, especially in hip-hop, uh, to people like ASAP Rock, uh, people like Sage Francis, uh, Brother Ali. Um, one that I've really gotten into um, recently uh, for that reason um, is... Oh, I can't even think of her name now. <laughs> I can't get myself. Um, Ciroc. Um, and she's actually on the label. She's on Rhymesayer's label with uh, Atmosphere and them guys. And um, she's got a new record yeah. called Sharecropper's Daughter. And she... It, it's so engrossing because she uses live instruments and she uses these different techniques and she uses all of these different, I mean, technically, I mean, she, she can go against any female rapper 
in history. I mean, she's right up there lyrically with, you know, Latifah or MC Light or, or any of the new rappers. Um, but musically, I mean, she's just, she's part of Rhyme Sayers. So obviously as a part of Rhyme Sayers, yeah. you can't just slack. Like, you know, that whole label is built around the art of just being great. It's true. Um, so, you know, Ciroc is... What, what did you say her name was? Ciroc. Ciroc? Yeah, S-A-R-O-C. I, I Actually, I think it's S-A-R-O-C. Um, but, um... Okay, right, yes, yeah, yes. Um, and she's... Her new record, Sharecropper's Daughter, is just... I mean, you know... Um, yeah, it's it'll blow your mind. Like, how lyrical it is and how well it's put together. Yeah, um, yeah. But, um, you know, I, I'm really been obsessed with her lately. Um, there's a group <laughs> out of L.A. called Villain Park. And Villain Park is crazy because imagine Bone Thugs and Harmony, but with Dr. Dre producing. Like, they literally, when they oh, flow, wow. they sound like Bone Thugs and Harmony. They sound like they belong in that category. But their beats are just straight 90s west coast you know so it's this yeah, yeah crazy mixture and they're younger kids they're they're only like 17 18 years old it's right, two yeah. friends and um lyrically man they're just they're so far ahead of the game for that genre um Right, you know, right. because obviously, yes, you're going to have the West Coast references of, of gangs and that kind of stuff. But they say it in a way that, look, we're not part of the gang. Uh, we're doing this to try to avoid that pitfall. And, right, yeah. um, you know, I mean, it, they, they're they're really kind of crazy. Um, yeah. You know, the other thing that has really caught my attention lately um, within the punk, I guess, the pop punk movement. Um, people like Kenny Hoopla and um, uh, Jackson and now Willow Smith has worked with Travis Barker. All of these artists uh, that are essentially black artists that are getting into pop punk um, right, that Travis yeah. is bringing in, that Youngblood is bringing in, that Machine Gun Kelly is bringing in. Um, and I think it's great. I love the fact that the genre is opening up to more than just white surf kids from Venice, you know, um, for so long. I mean, all you seen was, you know, all you seen was offspring and green day and, and no effects and all of these white West coast bands. And now you're seeing like Willow Smith. I mean, Hey, good on Willow. Willow. I was blown away. Like obviously her mom being in wicked wisdom in a metal band and being Jada, she had the background for it. Um, but yeah, 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 yeah. she really, I'm so impressed by her new song. Like it just, Ooh, I, I haven't heard it. I need to check it out. Yeah. It's, it's only one single so far, but the whole record, uh, but she worked with Travis Barker. She worked with young blood. She worked with, uh, oh, Jackson. Okay. She worked with, I mean, she's worked with all of these great current artists and the new song and the new video is just, it fits her so well. I think, I mean, it fits her so much better than what she was doing before. Um, so I, I wish her right, right, yeah. great, <laughs> great success. Because um, yeah. if you like Youngblood, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're going to love what Willow's doing. It's that same, or Machine Gun Kelly, it's that same kind of sound. Um, 
but it's Willow Smith. So um, what do you want to goof about the fact that it's Willow Smith, it's Will Smith's daughter, Jada Pinkett daughter, whatever. Uh, Give it a chance because it's really a catchy good song. Um, So, yeah. Um, Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Theater. We'll we'll touch on this one just real quick because I don't have a real big background in this. Um, Favorite theater, play, production, um, current, background, whatever. Um, I'll do mine real quick because mine is short and simple and to the point. Uh, Mine always has been cats. It always will be cats. Um, We do not pretend that the new movie version of Cats exists because that just, that ranks right up there with Aragon. Movie wise, <laughs> uh, that should be banned from existence. Um, we're 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 gonna stick with the Android Andrew Lloyd Webber version of Cats. <laughs> so he's been my favorite. Uh, I've always been fascinated. Uh, not just the musical, but the play itself, or the the story itself, is so. Um, if you really really want to have fun with it, just read the book that it's based on. And it'll really blow your mind, like, how fun and involved that whole story really is beyond just the play. So, um, yeah, Cats, that's mine. Yeah. yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. No, great pick. Great pick. Um, yeah, I think for mine, I uh, it's actually interesting because the, the, my favorite playwright, is, is also one of my favorite directors now. He does films now. Um, and that's Martin McDonough, who, who did In Bruges and, uh, and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Mm. Um, but he, he had a... Love that movie. Yeah, great. It was a great film. Yeah. And, and uh, I love... I love he, he, he has a very... Like, everything he approaches is with this, like... Like, you know, this kind of, like... Uh, honest, dark humor about things. Like he's he's really good right. at like getting a message across, but doing it in a way that's like, like where you can talk about serious things. You can even joke about serious things, but in a way that's not causing you to like misunderstand right. the importance of it and the seriousness. And um, the Pillow Man is a play of his that I. Uh, it's hard to recommend because of of everything I've seen of his, it's by far the darkest, okay. and it's even though there's a lot of elements of comedy at play. It's, it's not something that you're going to like be laughing at. If, if you are laughing, it's, it's, it's that discomfort type of right. like, like kind of like nervous oh, laugh. kind of messed up. Um, but yeah, but it, it, uh, it explores a lot of different things. It, it exports, you know, the, uh, ethics of, of, of writing about certain things and writing about, uh, you know, things that are, are seen as immoral and how to, how to write about, um, serious topics. It also explores, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, mental illness in, in a way that's, that's pretty hard to, uh, I don't know. Sometimes it's hard to stomach. I, I wouldn't recommend yeah. it to everyone, but if, if, if you like exploring, um, those more difficult topics and, and you can appreciate like, a uh, a view of something dark, but in a way that's, that's very human and, um, I don't want to say lighthearted because it's anything but lighthearted, but right. it's it's something that's it's not like uh, yeah yeah it's it's not like uh, the the ty- it's not like the type of sad movie that's like just so heavy. It, it, it's it's like it feels like real people. 
and, and that's what I, I appreciate is, is it's like, you know, real people, even in the darkest of times, like they, they, they're sassy, they're, they, they get annoyed, they get superficial, you know? <laughs> right. And, and it feels very real to me. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think, and, and I think it just has some interesting commentary about, uh, you know, about life and about morality, but, um, yeah, uh, I, and I, and I, I love all the classics too. Like yeah. there's that, this one was probably hard. I, I, uh, that was, this is a harder one for me. I don't, I don't think about my favorites as much in theater as, as much as I do in music and film, but yeah. Right. I, it, cause I'm not, I don't have a huge background as far as saying, okay, I've seen this musical play or this musical play or this musical play. Uh, I have seen cats on Broadway numerous times and I've loved it. Um, Obviously, I've seen uh, Phantom of the Opera in its various stages. Uh, never on Broadway, though. I've seen um, Le Miserable a bunch of times, once on Broadway and um, in its various stages. Um, I had the unfortunate um, displeasure of seeing Brigadoon. Um, Brigadoon, the only thing I got out of that was a 90-minute nap. Um, absolutely bored to tears. Um I, I've tried numerous yeah. times to rewatch Brigadoon, and I'm just it's the same reaction. Same reaction I get with Nightmare Before Christmas. My reaction is, <laughs> you know, I'm just it puts me to sleep, man. I just there's nothing about it that interests me. Um, so I mean, I give the typical yeah. answers, um, but I I don't know a lot of the new stuff. Obviously, I know Hamilton and Book of Mormon and that kind of stuff only because they're kind of pop culture things, uh, but I've never yeah, seen yeah. them or I couldn't tell you who was in them or, or what they were about or, or any of that good stuff. Um, the billboards movie, uh, the three billboards one was really one of those movies I watched simply because I think one night I was bored and there wasn't really anything else on that caught my attention. And I seen that one and the name just kind of was so different that I thought, you know what? Let me just yeah. see, because you know it's such a different. Sometimes when they have weird names like that, you always find something different about them. And then uh, it was one of the right, movies yeah. that just caught me totally off guard. I didn't think I was gonna like it. I thought it was gonna be one of these overly, you know, overbearing dramatic movies, and it really ended up, um, yeah. almost in a Fargo kind of way, I guess of. Of really having a great ah, flow yes, in yeah. uh, character development, in I don't know, there was just something about it that I thought, you know what, this is a really impressive movie. That you know, I mean, it's it's got a good yeah. mix of of action and and character development and a good mixture of adventure and sarcasm and dark humor and you know, I mean, there was just really yeah. a lot about that movie to like. So. Um, I was not yeah, disappointed by it one day. I, I think what I, <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I love what I love about movies like that too is it's very honest about humans and yeah. And and it's like it causes you to sympathize for, for people you maybe wouldn't normally sympathize for or yeah. or people that like you know, I mean, because it's like it, it I any movie that can take characters that are seemingly unlikable and make you like them and care about them like is is an excellent film if you ask me you know yeah i mean that's a good uh, and uh it does that really well so... yeah that's always a good yeah. trait though like um the tv show lucifer 
when I first seen that, I thought, God, I'm going to hate it because I don't like stuff that's overly, I guess, occultish or whatever. And I thought it was just going to be yeah, yeah, um, yeah. like what I thought it was going to be like what Netflix did with Sabrina, which I just hated. Like they took a lighthearted story and just turned right, it into yeah. this dark, evil thing, yeah. you know, and yeah. I sat down with Lucifer and I thought, you know what, I'm going to watch one episode uh, just to see, because uh, I know it's obviously based on the, the graphic novel and whatnot. So let me just see. And man, it took like 20 minutes. Tom just sold me like he was born to play that role the way Ryan Reynolds was born, born to play Deadpool. Like the his smugness and the, the way he plays that role you're not supposed to like him but you can't help but not like him i mean he's just you know the the lieutenant douche references and stuff like that um yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you just yeah. be laughing because it's funny you know and it's it was, it was one of them type of things that, yeah um yeah for uh, sure justified um walton goggins you know, Boyd Crowder was only supposed to be in the first 20 minutes of Justified, and then he was supposed to die. But yeah, that, right. you know, very opening scene where he drives past the church and spins the truck around and pulls a rocket launcher out and they're firing the hole, <laughs> boom. You know, and people yeah, were right. just like, oh, wow. You know, so this crazy, psychotic redneck <laughs> wasn't even yeah, supposed to yeah. be in the show. Ended up being, <laughs> you know, your your leading man basically next to Timothy Oliphant, and um, right, yeah. again, you you you're not supposed to like Boyd, but you kind of can't help not like Boyd because of the stuff he does. It's so over the For top. Sure, yeah, that, yeah. Um, yep. So um, we've got ten minutes left. I'm gonna run just through a, a few of these. Um, this is a brand new game that me and a friend are developing. Um, Okay. Um, right now they're just on little cue cards, but um, that I've created. But uh, very soon in the future, uh, we are going to have. It's going to be a deck style game. You're going to be able to buy the decks. Um, they're going to be 50 questions in a deck, and uh, it's going to be called Interview Roulette. Um, so these would be able to be used for like you know teachers or just if you want to sit around with your friends and have really crazy conversations. Um, and we're yeah. going to have all different kinds of categories. And uh, the grand one is at the end. So uh, the first one, uh, what is one thing people buy that you think is a total waste of money? Ooh. Uh, I <laughs> I mean, recently, I do think the NFT trend is, is really interesting <laughs> and, and makes no sense to me. None. Um, and... And so that's something that I've, I've, it stresses me out that people are spending money on those. <laughs> Hundreds of thousands of dollars for. Yeah. Yeah. Like, wow. yeah. Like the, the disaster girl one. She's, she just sold so $473,000. How are you going to sell a picture that's literally all over the internet? Like, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, no idea. It's, it's like walking into a supermarket and taking a picture of a Coke label and then selling it. Oh, this is an original picture. I took it, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, you right, and yeah, yeah. 43 million other people. Um, 
Yeah. Next question. What Guinness World Record do you think you could break in the future? Oof. Um, it would have to be something that, like, didn't didn't require, like, too much uh, repetition or practice because my ADHD would just kill me uh, <laughs> if, if, if I had to, you know. Um, so it'd have to be, like, like like longest, like, nails, something like our hair, something that, something that I didn't have to, like, try to do, put effort into or something, you know. Nice. Question three, what celebrity do you think would make a great world leader? Ooh, that is tough. What celebrity do I think would make a good world leader? Man, I do not know. I do not know. I don't know. I see. I, I it's hard for me to give serious answers to this one because I want to say someone a little bit crazy, like like David Lynch or something, just because I'm <laughs> curious to see what that would look like. Right. But uh, I don't know. That's tough. That's tough. That's a tough question. I thought about That's this a one. Great question. I thought about this one at great length, yeah. actually, because I thought you know all the obvious answers, The Rock or or all of these people that you know, have the charisma and, and different things. And I thought, yeah. and I come up with an answer, and this is my answer. This would be a team of two yeah. women from country music that I think put together would be so dynamic that you couldn't deny anything they wanted because one, they have charisma, they have super talent, and both of them are known for just being the type that are going to get things done. That's what they do. Right. So my answer, yeah. uh, president and vice president ticket of Dolly Parton and Reba McIntyre. Oh my gosh. I actually think that'd be pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. The, the sense of humor, the charisma, and both of them are just, they're, they're sassy. So if you gave them a yeah. hard time and tried to tell them no, they're going to fight you, you know? <laughs> so. Yeah, and, 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 they def and they seem to understand the class system, you know. They, yeah. they, they, they seem to really understand, like, and they have a lot of, like, empathy and, and mm -hmm. charity for people. Like, it's. Neither one I, are. I'm, I'm constantly impressed by the both of them. Yeah, neither one of them are ultra-conservative or ultra-liberal. Um, Dolly is pretty. Yeah. middle of the road uh with her her reading thing and her literacy thing i think would be an amazing thing um reba being yeah. texan i think that would just interpret to you know the toughness but at the same time her motherly instinct um i think dolly and reba together would yeah. just be uh you know it would be hard to deny you you couldn't not like them you know i mean um yeah yeah. And, it's, and it's two people you could I, take seriously. I think that's a really good thing. You know what I'm saying? It's two people you could take seriously. Yeah. It wouldn't be like, okay. oh, well, you know, uh, yeah. Woody Harrelson uh, running on the marijuana legalization thing. Or, you know, like Matthew McConaughey running uh, for governor of Texas. I think is not an outlandish thing, right. but it's still Matthew McConaughey. So he's going to have to overcome it's, yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
But I think as a governor of Texas, I think he's probably going to put up a hell of a fight. <laughs> um, if someone assigned you a random job at birth, what would be the worst career choice for you? Um, that's tough. I think, I, I think I would, uh, again, I'm, I'm thinking about how my ADHD would fare with different things. I think, um, any job that was long, long and tedious, but didn't allow me to listen to music would, yeah. would kill me. Like, cause it's like, I can, I, I can, I can comprehend doing construction only because I, I would be if I could listen to music throughout it, you know. Yeah. Um, but if if I couldn't, oh, I would be absolutely miserable. <laughs> and the ultimate question: I wrote this one down last night because I seen something similar to it, and I was like, "This is the greatest question of all time." I'm going to give you two choices, and you have to pick one. Every okay. movie you watch in the future replaces the lead role. With Gilbert Godfrey, or every song you hear performed in the future is performed by Nickelback. <laughs> I think. Oh, that's tough, man. That's a good. That's a good. I think. I don't know what you're expecting. I think I'd go with Gilbert Godfrey. I think I would. I could. I could get more entertainment out of that. Right. Than, than, but that's tough, though. That's yeah. tough. It's one of them questions. It actually had different people in it. Um, originally, it was um, James Corden and Bon Jovi. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. I, I, if it was James Corden, it might, I might not have. I think, I think Gilbert Godfrey would be a little bit more entertaining. Right. <laughs> um, like The other one... I was going to put, um, was Nicolas Cage in Five Finger Death Punch. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so the point of the question basically is just to take two people that most people really hate yeah, and yeah, then kind yeah. of be like, here's your choice. You could one or the other, one stays, right. one has to go. Um, I asked my friend, my friend is infamous for hating both James Corden and Bon Jovi. Um, oh, yeah. And I asked him, and he was like, um, is it too late to confess to a war crime I never committed? <laughs> I was like, well, isn't both choices kind of similar? I mean, <laughs> but anyways, um, yeah, we're going to wrap this yeah. up. This is Elder Den Halter. <laughs> um, he has been so courteous as to take the time to do this. Man, I appreciate it so oh, much. Of course, I had a lot of fun. That was, that was tons of fun. Yeah, like, I, this is what I want this podcast to be like, basically. It's just kind of off the wall and goofy and fun and spontaneous and, you know, like, hey, we're sitting around having dinner and this is the kind of thing. And, and this game that we're going to be marketing, this is basically what it's for. It's just like a little deck of cards. You can put it in your pocket. And there's going to be, uh, one of the topics we're going to have is who wins in a fight. And it's like uh, Mickey Mouse versus... Uh, Donald Duck, uh, Daffy right. Duck versus Porky Pig, uh, you know, and it's just really uh, Scrooge McDuck or Richie Rich, you know, just right. really yeah. random stuff. And you know, you can use them for podcasting shows, or you could just, if you just want 
a new way of of having fun with your friends, you know? Or even if you're on a date for the first time and you want a different way instead of, hey, where are you from? Tell me about yourself, blah, blah, blah. Pull this out. And it's just random questions that you would never think to ask somebody. But, you know, you really get to know somebody when you get to know, you know, hey, you know, what do you want to do before you die? Or uh, what's your dream car? Um... If humans came with a warning label, what would yours say? You know, stuff like that. It makes you think, and you have fun with it. And, you know, it's uh, outside of the box. So, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, we're going to wrap this up. This is the Noise Report. Uh, I believe this is going to be episode... Uh, I don't even know where I'm at right now. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, uh, I'm going to shut up, send you off, same time next week.